Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek Football Program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 109 of the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com/check. S-H-E-K, Week 12 is in the books. December is here, or just about. I don't know what day of the week it is. All I know is it's the important time of the NFL season. Let's break it down now with the man seated to my immediate right from NFL.com, from NFL Fantasy Live and Beyond. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Sure I, don't thing. Like, I don't like football right now. Why not? What, what, I don't do you say know that? where this happened, and I don't know. You don't, don't like I, football, you I say. Weird how, way to start off a podcast about football. I don't know how I allowed this to happen, but for some reason, and people know who listen to the show, that I grew up 18 minutes from the gates of uh, Anaheim Stadium. Here we watching, go again. Are watching, we starting off talking about one team, the one city that doesn't have football nope. in America? I'm leading, there are I'm, a lot of football stories. I'm giving stories. a backstory that uh, right. the team that I grew up rooting for moved away, and I did, right, not, we know. I did not root for a team. They'll be back. But, Your Rams will be back. But during the course of uh, the last 20 years, I have had season tickets to the Cardinals and the Chargers, and I find myself really caring about these teams and the fact that both of them are in the dumper is well. Really, you're dumb. It's really I told you. Me. I told you to give up on the Cardinal. When did I tell you? I said when they were four and zero. When they I, were soaring high. I, re- I declared stop with the Cardinals. They are one of these illusion teams. They are not going to be relevant in another month. Boy, oh boy, not just you. The Cardinals fans. I didn't know that there were more than seven of them Stop on the face it. of the... I didn't know that there were very many Cardinals fans. I found out, though, on Twitter. You can hit me up on Twitter, by the way, at Damashek and uh, Adam Rank is uh, at Adam Rank. Um, boy, I got, I got bludgeoned for about 48 hours for disparaging those Cardinals. And lo and behold, I haven't heard much from the Cardinals fans ever no. since that day. I mean, uh, seven in a row. Everybody's gone Fireman Ed. Is that what you wanted me to do, to write a letter to the, I wanted, to the L.A. Times about how I'm quitting? Well, I, you know. I'm done being a fan. You don't put on a, a hat and go out there and do C-A-R-D, cards, cards, cards. The um, Yeah, so listen, I, 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 the Cardinals and the Chargers, now, that's something that was, 
insane. Let's start there, I guess. We have a lot to talk about. It was a crazy week 12. You can look for the new shame report at NFL.com. It should be up there. Depending on when you're listening to it, it should be available for you to peruse there. And I declared it nothing less than perhaps the most shameful week in pro football history. I mean, there was a lot of stuff. in Dominican Sue's behavior. Whether you think that was intentional or not, there's a bad pattern now yes. on Thanksgiving. As I declared, Christmas has the Grinch. Thanksgiving has Sue. You know, <laughs> it's true. You really think about it. But then, you know, then the Kid Rock business, what, what, I don't know, what gives. What with happened the, with Kid Rock? He sang at halftime, and he sang uh, horribly. And what, what's the point? Who watches this? He oh. was terrible on Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. But even if he was terrific, so what? What? I mean, again, I ask the question for the millionth time. What person who does not care about football says, you know what? Today I'm going to watch because Kid Rock's on. There, there can't be – the Venn diagram can't allow for that. I'm not a football fan, but I will turn the TV on today to see – I forget what the country singer's name who was in Dallas. Toby Keith? No, nah, Lenny Kravitz. Wearing uh, wearing his booties out there that uh, don't these guys like their Tom fan- Brady probably gave him. I would, I would figure that most of uh, Kid Rock's fan base is already watching the football game. Like yeah, it well, just seems like he would drop. But from again, that if you're a Kid Rock fan, but you're not a football fan, I still don't see you turning on the TV to watch him perform one song or two. So whatever. Anyway, football matters. Steelers embarrassing in Cleveland. I don't care if it's Chaz Batcher, if it's Dave Damashek under center. You can't lose at Cleveland there. Well, they're just better team. The Chargers. Look, I dig that Ray Rice made a great play. But the fact is, at the end of the play, when you watch it in slow-mo, he did not get the first down. Oh, my gosh. He was so far away. What is the thing? What am I missing? You talk about looking at the world through, if you're a Ravens fan, through purple glasses, and if you're a Chargers fan, Chargers fan through powder blue glasses. But really... The difference in opinion among talking heads, forget fans, the difference of opinion in whether or not he got that is is remarkable to me. You know, it seems like people say, well, when you watch the replay, he clearly had it by a yard. And other it's people stunning. say he was he was a half yard short. To me, look at I mean, he clearly just he did not get his, his knee. His hits knee was on, behind right. the 35. That's exactly right. His knee hits down behind the 35-yard line. How, how did they how, give him How this? long do you think this guy is? Right. And if this – but the bottom line is I'm just glad we have the real refs back because they got it <laughs> They got it correct. That's, boy, oh, that boy. That was the one thing when that whole Packers deal went down is like everybody like, this is why we – no, the, the real officials make enough mistakes. They go to replay and they still can't – why is – first of all, why isn't there a camera – I, I don't know. I don't care if you have to hire a helicopter to be on top of the stadium. How do we not have a direct overhead view for instances just like this, especially on the goal line for yardage? Like we've evolved this far, but that's the one. That's the one thing that's holding us back. Well, are you, I mean, listen. There was another horrible call at the end of that horrible game in Cleveland where Trent Richardson fumbled the ball blatantly. He is upright. <laughs> is not in possession of the football any longer. Larry Foote of the Steelers has picked it up and tried to move forward with it, and there is no whistle. There's not a whistle or anything, but because the Steelers have burned their three timeouts, there's no course for them to try and challenge it. The referee didn't see it, even though he is 10 feet away from it. It was. It's local. Well, that's not the rule. That's not the rule. That's that sort of is the well, theme about, of the what weekend. What about Swartz? Well, yeah, exactly. The theme of the well, that's that's not the rule though. That's because it's of, not the rule. So it he's hokey. That that hokey rule is what I now do. I think Chaz Batch was going to take him down the field and win. I don't know because it was 
45 yards away from a know. victory. I'll take my chances there. I will say this, we, though. Well, I I would talk- take, yes, I would take the chances over not having the ball at all, yes. By the way, we're going to be speaking to, in fact, Black Tie's on the line right now. He is. Oh, terrific. One of our favorites here on the show. He's really emerged since he joined uh, the NFL Network and uh, NFL.com. He's a uh, he's a former personnel guy with uh, the Ravens and the Eagles. And uh, since they've left, you see what happens to those teams. Yes. Um, and, uh, and and I want to talk to him about Chaz Batch here and, and specifically Todd Haley's play calling. It's Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. at Move the Sticks. What's the poop, fella? How you going? How you guys doing, damn shack? What's the word? Well, we're talking about this and that. It was a it was a full weekend of uh, of action, and let me just start out with this for. You. Well, first of all, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was uh, it was phenomenal, except for the fact we did a uh, we did a turkey bowl down at my parents, and it was uh, I was kind of the elder statesman playing with the nephews and my and my boys. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next day, I woke up, I was actually really really sore, and the fact that I was the all time quarterback in a turkey bowl game and was sore the next day is a little discouraging. Yeah, it makes you well, feel I old. This was gonna, I thought this was going to have a worse turn. If, you, if no, all no, you no, did no, is well, I, I you say, woke I remember, up sore. I, I had a turkey bowl. I had a turkey bowl when I was like fourteen or fifteen. Uh, we used to play. I grew up with the Giles family. I don't know if you remember them, Brian Giles of and Marcus course. Giles, the baseball players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our Pirates and would Padres. always get together, and and we did a turkey bowl every year. And Brian, uh, he we had our PE teacher from junior high decide he wanted to play with us one year, and uh, we decided to play tackle. And Brian was, you know. I think he was probably in the minor leagues at that time, and he stroked our PE teacher, split him wide open in <laughs> the emergency room. So that's my, uh, that's my turkey bowl story. He injured the PE teacher. That's all. <laughs> yeah, Brian Giles is uh, no is joke. a thick human being. Yeah, you know, uh, Damashek and Company. We used to play three on three turkey balls every year. Damashek and Company undefeated for history for a lifetime. Never lost a turkey bowl in Ooh. Shecker Memorial Stadium. Got nice. that? Yeah. Listen, home cooking. Maybe the referees were on our side a little bit. I don't know. I mean, you know what? Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, the referees are one thing we've been talking about here, Jeremiah. But first, let me ask you this. What do you make of Todd Haley, the Steelers' offensive coordinator, when you see Chaz Batch, who literally was struggling to throw the ball 11 yards? Why would you ask him to throw deep balls? I know Mike Wallace is fast, but if the guy can't throw the ball to him, then what's the point of calling those? It seems like a lot of hand-wringing among Steeler fans saying, "Why Chaz Batch looked terrible. Well, don't ask him to try and throw the ball 55 or 60 yards in the air. He's incapable of that, yes? Yeah, that's the hard thing with that offense, though, is because you're kind of built on trying to have a power running game Having the speed outside, you want to play off that run game and hit and take big shots down the field, which you know would work if you had left which with healthy ribs. But uh, with Batch, that's not really playing to his strength. So yeah, they they needed to alter what they were doing a little bit. But they you know they had a lot of problems other than just Batch in that game. Yeah, I know they were dropping the ball quite a bit there, but I do also find that uh, you know high profile guys like Peter King are even weighing in and saying this. And Boomer Esiason are the two guys I think uh, that I've heard uh, who I've heard in the last couple of days talking about this, saying, "Well, the Steelers get what they get. You know, they never really took much interest in backing up Ben Roethlisberger, and now you see what happens. How could any does any team have a halfway decent third string? The Patriots don't even have a third string QB. What the, isn't that? Isn't that look?" Byron Leftwich, correct me if I'm wrong, is an above-average backup. Yeah. He just happened to break his ribs. They couldn't possibly have set the you know laid out a course. Well, if Leftwich gets hurt, then what are we going to do? I mean, that's I'll, unrealistic, right? 
I'll tell you who's very sympathetic to this whole argument are the Arizona Cardinal fans. Mm -hmm. People complain about the third quarterback for the Steelers with what they've had to play with uh, for the last couple years. So, I mean, look, there's not enough starters to go around. you got a handful of of really good backups, solid backups, and then if you're down to your third guy, uh, it's time to hand the ball off. And that's been my only argument is, even though it was was some tough sledding against that Browns front, I think you just had to keep putting the ball in the belly of your running back and, and try and maybe be creative in the running game. Uh, but definitely take the, take the game out of your third-string quarterback's hands. That's not usually a recipe for success. Going back to the Cardinals, isn't it as impressive to find the worst quarterbacks in the NFL as it would be to find the best quarterbacks? Because it seems like the Cardinals are unmatched in finding these guys. <laughs> at Ryan each Le- tier. Max, yeah, at first, second, yes. and third, they have the worst at each level. That's impressive, i got to say. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, you know the interesting thing, when you look at that, that, uh, that place, Nobody's really talked about that as being a potential opening. You don't really hear about Wisenhunt being on the hot seat, but uh, it, you know, hey, what happens if they lose out? Which the way they're playing, it's not all that hard to fathom that happening. That's a job, and this is my scenario. We'll see how it all takes place. But say San Francisco decides to stay with Kaepernick going forward in his next year, Alex Smith hits the market. What would that Cardinal team be if they, you know, they have a top pick, they draft an offensive tackle? and you bring in Alex Smith with the other pieces they have in Arizona, I think that could be a pretty good team overnight. I would agree with that, too. I, it just, it's, it's, they've got the defense there. It's coming on. They just need, they need help on the line. And it, it yeah. seems like a lot of teams, that you could say that for probably half a dozen teams or more in the NFL right now, but it's the line. I got to tell you, I, well, the Coach Wiz thing I agree with you on. I think he's on the chopping he block. He took him to the Super Bowl. He should have a decade. That was a while ago. He'd, uh, give him a decade. It's the Cardinals. They he just the fought. Cardinals. Well, listen, Auburn just fired Gene Chizik two years after he won a national championship. It's been a this long time since Cardinals were in the this Super Bowl. This is Arizona. Well, you, okay. you guys, you guys got to look up this. Somebody told me this. I was talking to somebody in the league the other day, and they mentioned this to me, and I haven't verified it yet, so I'm going to be lazy and, and pawn it off on you guys because you can look it up, but he said the Cardinals have only had the three winning seasons in the last 25 years or something like that. Is That's, that true? Yeah, it's, it was that. It was the Super Bowl year, the Jake year Plummer. after, and Jake Plummer in 98. When they wow. went into when they went into Texas Stadium and beat back, the Cowboys. Yeah, they had back-to-back NFC West titles. If I'm, the, if I'm the general manager and the owner of the Cardinals, I look at it and say, you know what, it's not the coach, it's the quarterback. Uh, Rod Graves would be the guy who could be in trouble. But well, listen, I wrote about this two years ago that very quietly, while people talk about the Chicago Cubs and these perennially losing uh, teams in sports, somehow the Cardinals kind of, I guess they're just irrelevant is the bottom line, so we shouldn't talk about them anymore. Nobody has any real passion for them aside from Adam Rank. Excuse me. Stop it. Stop, <laughs> listen. Who cares about the Cardinals? Not the very people, many people. Fine. But nobody, nobody cared about the White Sox either, and their history was just as bad. Nobody All right, cares but, the, but the point is, yes, the Cardinals, uh, to Jeremiah's point, the Cardinals stink real bad, and they stink right down there with some of the worst teams in any sport, the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, over the last 20 years. They're really bad. Anyway, now, Jeremiah, you mentioned Colin Kaepernick. What is this jive that uh, Harbaugh's trying to pull? Is there any chance that Alex Smith is uh, going to start? What kind of weird choice would that be? This thing of like, I haven't decided yet. Well, yeah, the guy, the kid who you just started last week in a dicey spot going into New Orleans went in there and delivered. Why would they possibly reverse course now? 
Yeah, you know, I, I've started to realize that the only thing I can really predict about Jim Harbaugh is that he's going to wear the black fleece and tuck it into his uh, khaki pants. <laughs> that's about that's about all that I can predict there. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, last week I was on the train saying, hey, you stick with Alex Smith, go back to Alex Smith. You can always uh, you can always get Kaepernick in there if Smith struggles. You don't want to, you know. Uh, rock the boat with your veteran quarterback, but hey, he he went with his gut and and Kaepernick delivered, like you said. So to me, the common sense thing now is probably you've made this move. You might as well just stick with it. But like I said, good luck uh, predicting what Harbaugh's thinking, what he's going to do. Well, I also feel like you know, again, on the human level, now that you've made this decision for Alex Smith, if you tried to start, if you started him now this week, let's say, now there would be pressure to sort of win back people on your side. I don't think that's a good spot to drop Alex Smith into. Instead, if Colin Kaepernick falls on his face anywhere along the way, now Alex Smith is in a position to only be the hero. He can't be the GOAT. That's better psychologically for him going forward. I don't know how you can how you could throw Alex. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like now we've seen the star a Colin Kaepernick that he, that Kaepernick can be. If you say, "All right, Alex Smith, we're going to give you one last shot here." That's way too much pressure unnecessarily. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's almost like hey, the guy, uh, the guy before you just hit a triple. Now go hit a home run. Yeah, you know, a little bit of that. I see what you're saying there. But at the end of the day, when you look at this team, the way this team's constructed, I think Alex Smith would have won that game in New Orleans just the same as Colin Kaepernick did. I mean, hmm. with the way they're running the football, your defense is scoring two touchdowns. Uh, you know, that's that's a pretty nice that's a pretty nice hand to play if you're a quarterback. And so I, I think whoever is in there, they're going to be successful as long as their defense is producing points and they're running the football like they have, it's a pretty quarterback-friendly situation there. He's getting me fired up for the Cardinals in 2013 and Alex Smith now. I think if <laughs> – you know, by the way, Alex Smith has looked great. I'm happy for him, a guy who's a first overall pick and then looked like he was going to be go down in history as a bust and then comes through, but he happens to be in a great spot. If he goes to the Cardinals and they say, hey, all right, be the cornerstone of our rebuilding, I don't think Alex Smith can carry that load. I do – I. Go ahead. This is my one hope, though, Damashek, is that every week, okay, and I'm, I'm not just saying this because I have Larry Fitzgerald on my fantasy team. I want to get that out there. But <laughs> every single week, I feel, I, I literally, I feel so bad for the guy when I flip on the Cardinal game and I just watch him and I just, it's just wasting away. I, I grew up in San Diego, a huge Padre fan, and it's like, it's like watching Tony Gwynn play on all those crappy Padre teams. It's like, man, he deserves better. Can somebody get this guy the football? Yeah, we've talked about uh, the comparison we've made is Barry Sanders. Everybody says, poor guy had to do all that on those lousy teams his whole career. Larry Fitzgerald <clears throat> has a chance to go down and maybe still will as the second greatest wide receiver of the modern era. And look at who he's had throwing him the ball, aside from those couple of years with Kurt Warner. Bum after bum after bum. I, I agree with you. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, no, I have a feeling when he tucks in his kids at night, he tells them a lot of Kurt Warner stories. <laughs> now, what about, though, Kaepernick? Um, I, you know, I, again, I feel bad that Alex Smith got Wally pipped, and I think that's the 21st century's answer to Wally Pip, in case you kids out there don't know who that is. <laughs> Lou Gehrig took over for him. Uh, Wally Pip had a headache one day, and uh, so uh, Lou Gehrig went in there and never relinquished the first base spot be- for the Yankees. I call it being bledsoed. Yeah, is it uh, Bledsoe? Version. There you go. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I can, but can we call it Capper Pipped? Is that something? Nice. nice play on words. I like it. Maybe we could do that. Alex Pip. I don't know. But anyway, the point is, when I watch him, I do feel like it is a good comparison, Wally Pip to Lou Gehrig, because. 
Kaepernick, the story is nice. Alex Smith at this point in his career going to the Super Bowl and winning it when people had uh, closed the book on him three or four years ago. But when you watch Kaepernick, you see this guy, I mean, he's just pl- he's just plumb better. That's all there is to it. I mean, I, it, it does make sense when you see it. you got to play this kid who can sling the ball like that. Yes? Yeah, I mean, look, he's so far so good. He's been uh... – He's been up to the challenge so far. I do think we're going to see some some more adjustments from defenses going forward. I mean, I, like, I, what? like what? Like what? What's going to stop Colin Kaepernick yes. at this point in, in his second season in the 21st century, where younger QBs have been more successful than past generations? What's going to happen now that all of a sudden Colin Kaepernick's going to fall on his face, looking the way he has in his first after his first two starts? I'll give you a real good example. The first half of the Bears game, the Bears came out decided they wanted to heat up the, the rookie quarterback or the first year or the first start. So they got up, they put a lot of pressure, they abandoned what they've done and been so successful at in Chicago for so long, and they've rushed more than four guys almost the entire first half, left themselves naked in the back end, one-on-one situations with Vernon Davis and Lance Briggs and some other matchups. And Colin Kaepernick dropped back. They have an offensive line, picked up pressure. He had one-on-ones all over the field. It was pitch and catch. Second half, they came out, they went back to doing what they did before, what they've always done in Chicago. They rushed four, they dropped guys into coverage and clouded the lanes, and Kaepernick wasn't nearly as good in that second half. And I thought there were some times in the game against the Saints where when, when the Saints did drop off into coverage and didn't send extra bodies at them and didn't play man coverage, I thought Kaepernick took him a little bit to kind of digest what they were doing. So hmm. I do think there's going to be a book that's going to develop before long, and he's a smart kid. We'll see how he adjusts. But, you know, at this point in time, let's give the kid a little more time before we we put him in the Lou Gehrig class. Now, they're going to play St. Louis this week, who have a couple of good corners. Is this going to be a problem? Do you think that St. Louis will watch the film and see the things that you're seeing and approach it that way? Yeah, no, I think they're going to see teams try and do that. The problem is, here's why why I was saying it's so... It's so nice to play quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers because you run the ball so well, it almost forces you to put those extra bodies up at the line of scrimmage and to man up like that. So uh, that's the challenge for defenses going forward. Can you get them in third and six plus? Can you get them in those third and eight type situations? Uh, Then you can do some things and mess with the quarterback. But uh, if you're going to be sitting there and he's got third and two, uh, he can go play action. They're going to run by you. That's that's kind of their mo right now. So it's a challenge. The offense is a challenge to play against, and, and and the quarterback, no matter who it is, is in a pretty good situation to be successful. Daniel Jeremiah, aka at Move the Sticks on Twitter. You and I were kibitzing on the Twitter on Sunday, and I said this to you: watching Colin Kaepernick play, he physically cuts very a very similar physical figure to one Terrell Pryor, uh, late of Ohio State. They both have not exactly pure looking throwing motions. They're both six foot six, both run like the wind, both have big arms. Don't you think at this point I understand Carson Palmer getting the start against his old team, but now going forward, the season is lost for the Raiders. And in fact, wouldn't it really be better if you're a Raiders fan for them to lose out here so that you get a higher draft pick? But why don't they give him a look? Why don't they give Terrell Pryor a look at this point? They did spend a, it was a relatively high price tag they paid to get this guy. No, it was it was really I hadn't thought of it when you tweeted that out. It was very and one of the more I thought of it, it was kind of interesting. And when I replied to you on there, of course, I had a bunch of Raider fans jump all over me and say, "Hey, Carson Palmer's not the problem." Well, I know, yeah, but that's I, not I, the I point, that. right? That's not the point. I'm not saying yeah, that Carson Palmer's the problem. 
that's what I'm getting. I said, look, I'm not saying Curtis Bummer is part of the problem, but what I am saying at his age, I can't think you. I don't think you can say he's part of the solution, right? Going forward, long term. So, yeah, why not? Why not just see what you have with Terrell Pryor? And the, you know, the only thing I would say different with him and Kaepernick is uh, he, Kaepernick does throw it better. He's got a stronger arm. He's, he's a more accurate, more natural. Uh, thrower than Pryor, but Pryor is just as big. Pryor is every bit the athlete, maybe a better athlete. Uh, he can run around and do a lot of things and create plays and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, why not just go see what you have? This team's not going anywhere in Oakland right now. You might as well take a look towards the future. Right. In worst case, you lose all the rest of your games and then you get a nice high draft pick. I don't understand. You know, it, it is a conflicting position now as a fan to be in. If you're one of these bum teams, hey, Jets, yes, let the wheels completely come off, Jets fans, Fireman Ed and the rest of you. You want to get a higher draft pick. All right, you break down the QBs like nobody's business here. And the name of the game is ultimately winning the Super Bowl, not doing well, not performing better than people expected you to, not getting to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Tell me this, Joe Flacco, Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, Jay Cutler, four names, any of those guys in your eyes capable of winning a Super Bowl? Winning it. Did you mention Schaub in there? I didn't mention Schaub, but throw him in there. All right, because I think Schaub's got a legitimate chance. I agree with that. Of, of those of those guys, I would put Schaub above all those guys. Well, you just put Schaub in there. I didn't even give you his name. You're th- wedging him like in that. there. You like that? That's a very good I already right like there. him, yes. <laughs> what about Joe Flacco? Well, don't skirt the issue. No, I mean, yeah, hey, Joe Flacco, if, if the Ravens had all hands on deck, uh, I think the rest of their team would be, would be uh, good enough if they could. You know, there's conceivable now that, if Houston were to lose their lose in their first playoff game, that Baltimore could be home all throughout the playoffs, and they've, mm-hmm. they've proven that they're very, very difficult to beat there. He's a totally different quarterback at home. What uh, is that so, about, by the way? What is the, what is the thing about home field advantage? Doesn't that really? I mean, we we all accept that way too easily. In, in our brains, like, oh, well, they're at home. That's why. What mm-hmm. possible advantage? This thing of, well, they get to wake up in their own bed. So what? <laughs> they're 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 twenty eight year old men. They're they're professionals. Why? How big a difference can that possibly make? Yeah, it, it's weird. The two teams like that when you watch them. And obviously, Seattle gets all the attention for being a totally different team at home versus on the road. And I kind of get it with their team because with their defense built on speed. And, and playing in you know the loudest stadium in the league, and it, it kind of really benefits the way they play. And I can see that having an effect with Baltimore, though. Their issues have been on offense. They're so much better on offense, and then so much worse on the road. I can't even really put my finger on it. It shouldn't be that drastic of a difference. Uh, but when you watch them, they are offensively. They can be really gross to watch on the road. It's weird though. But what is the answer to that? Why is Joe Flacco so? How, I don't know how you explain it. I mean, it's not like. Uh, you know, San Diego, it's like they're playing in a snowstorm. I'm going to go, yeah. you know what, this is a new project for Damashek in the offseason. I am going to go in search of an answer to this question, just as I am also going to seek out an answer to whatever happened to the barefoot kicker. I'm also going <laughs> to uh, try and solve this riddle. Oh, yes. I like nice. this. You've... How about the, can you go, can you also add this on your list? Yes. I want to know what happened to the Ronnie Lott neck roll. What was wrong with that thing? Ooh. Can we bring that back? Listen, I'm going to do a Eric whole series. Had a I don't, we got to do like 60 minutes NFL style, and Damashek will be the chief correspondent going out on the road to, to solve these issues. All right. Um, what was my last question for you? Oh, yes. 
Ben Roethlisberger cleared the play. That, you know, if you would have said that two weeks ago, people would have said maybe not a good idea. He can suffer nerve damage. Maybe that still is a possibility. Let's say he can't go. So let, let's say a doctor steps in and says, what are you thinking? You can't let this, this guy, his career's at stake here, sit him down for this game. Would you start Brian Hoyer, who's been in the Steelers organization for about, well, probably less than a week at the time of this recording, or old man Chaz Batch? I think I would. Uh, I think I would actually go with Hoyer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's crazy with just the amount of time he's been there. But I, I think you can put in a game plan. You can limit limit the things he needs to know. Run the ball with Dwyer. Hopefully your defense shows up, and then give Hoyer a package of plays. Look, the guy's not stupid. He's a bright kid, and uh, he's got some time in the NFL and a very complicated system up in New England. I think he's had enough time where you can put a game plan together and he'll go out there and be fine. But uh, before before we go, Damashek, i got to give you my interesting stat of the day that I just uh, picked up, which mm-hmm. was uh, my old team, two of my old teams here, the Cleveland Browns. Browns, Browns come up with eight turnovers against your Steelers, mm-hmm. eight. And, and my former team, the Eagles, has only produced seven turnovers the whole season. <laughs> I don't know what that says about you. I, that, that, How is that possible? Yeah, These teams fall apart once he Well, it's a, funny, you know, it's a funny point you make, though, because would I rather have, if you said on paper, would you rather have the Pittsburgh Steelers defense or the New England Patriots? And, of course, statistically, on most counts, you would say the Steelers. But practically, the Patriots score touchdowns on defense. The Steelers rarely get a turnover. They do get a touchdown in Cleveland, uh, uh, you know, uh, on uh, Lawrence Timmons' pick. But that's really what it's about these days. It's all about that Bears defense isn't as good as the Niners or Texans, but they score touchdowns. And at this point, stripping the ball is what the game is all about. A generation or two ago, it was about tackling. Now, every defender now, it seems like all they're ever trying to do is punch at that foot. Football, right? Oh, you're so right. I actually was just talking about this with with a buddy talking about college football, and uh, and you know the, the the scoring is so outrageous in college, and we're starting to see that kind of trickle up to the NFL level, where it's it's forced you to change your focus. The defensive coordinators in college have just accepted the fact we're not going to stop people, but our offense is going to score a bunch of points, so we just got to find a way to take the ball away from people mm-hmm. uh, two or three times a game. If we can get some turnovers. Uh, that that that's our best hope. You don't worry about stopping every third and two. You just worry about uh, eventually trying to take the ball away a couple times. Interesting. Unless and, you're uh, Stanford. Yeah, yeah, play exactly. real deep. Stanford, Stanford plays, plays a little different than everybody else. Last uh, last thing for you there, Jeremiah, is the last time you were on with us, you said that you, th- you felt Andrew Luck was worth no fewer than four wins to the Colts this year. They're in playoff contention almost purely because of the rookie. How say you then about RG3 and what he's doing in D.C.? How many wins has he been worth to that team? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty much the same thing. I, I don't know how you see it any different. That That is, by the way, the, the all-22 feature that we have uh, on NFL.com where you can go in and watch the tape, all the fans can do that. I think it's a really cool thing for the fans to see. But if you're a fan out there and you have that, sit down and just go through and watch three or four Redskin games. Just watch their offense. It is fun to watch all the stuff that they're doing. It is fascinating stuff. You, you watch all these other games and it's just cookie-cutter football. Uh, the Redskins are doing it a little bit differently. 
well, now we've taken an ugly turn. I didn't expect you to come in here and become a, a corporate shill, Jeremiah. That's I, I expect <laughs> hey, better. I, I, I was going to throw out the price, but I couldn't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jeremiah, I will shill for you at Move the Sticks. And uh, also look for him on Sunday night, sitting down with Elliot Harrison and Matt Money Smith. Online, NFL.com. It's your companion, and it's a good one this week. Saints at the Falcons. Guess what, Jeremiah? You'll be sitting in Culver City, California. I'll be inside the stadium for that. That one. I'm going to be at nice. it in Atlanta for that one. Nice. Look at you. Moving up in the world, man. You know, I'll tell you, I said that the Falcons, were, I predicted two weeks ago that they were going to lose the division, but uh, but Josh Freeman missing a wide-open Mike Williams is the difference in, in that not happening now, so it looks like the Falcons <laughs> are going to get there. All right, listen, Jeremiah, pleasure. We look forward to seeing you here in Studio 66 at some point soon. All right, boys. Take care. Fare thee well. See there ya. he goes. The great Daniel Jeremiah. I dig him, Rank. I, I love too. that story about Brian Giles wiping out the PE teacher. That's so great. Yeah. Um, we need. Should it be Daniel, though? It seems a little. I think we should go to Danny. Yeah, Daniel's a little too fancy. It's a pants. little. I feel like that's something we can get into later, maybe oh. in the offseason. But. Speaking of fancy pants, here he comes with his pal there. It's uh, Mark Sessler and Dan Hanzoos from around the league. How are we, fellas? Hi, hi Dave. Hi, Adam. I remember when. Uh, Dave, you used to look at us the way you look, had the look in your eye when you talked to Daniel Jeremiah on the phone. That's true. You just yeah. seem to have a bit of a man crush. The spark is gone. The spark yeah. is gone. Well, Daniel Jeremiah, I've said before, is the doppelganger, the American doppelganger to our pal Handsome Hank from across the pond. They're lookalikes. Both if handsome devils. A, if this was a soap opera, we would find out that they are indeed brothers. I, <laughs> I, um, by the way, with uh, PE teachers, that reminds me once in a PE class in high school, I scored a goal and I celebrate. We were playing. Remember how you used to? Did that happen around the country where you would play? Um, you'd play hockey on the in the on the basketball courts for PE class with uh, the cheapo with the cheapo plastic uh, hockey sticks. We did uh, field hockey. Oh, you did on the grass. On the grass. Oh, you're in California. I guess you should be outside at all times. But no, we would play hockey in PE class. And one time I scored a goal and I sort of celebrated it. And the PE teacher got in my face and I thought he was kidding around, (laughs) but he wasn't. Like, you want to talk stuff? You want to talk stuff? Like, was spitting at me like a a couple inches from my face. I'm like, hey, uh, grown man. Settle down, man. It's PE class. It ain't that big a deal. Anyway. I'm sure that's what you were saying. I'm not going to call. Whatever I said. What's, who cares what no. I said? Who cares what I said? You I can were, say anything I want. You were probably frightened, and it probably shaped I, the way you I, interact with people. Believe me, I was petrified, okay. and I will tell. I have many stories about my athletic endeavors in high school, and I've spun them before, and I will spin <laughs> them again, like when we played the Pittsburgh School of the Deaf. That's a particularly... Uh, <laughs> Good story, low light, I don't know what, but speaking of low lights, Mark Sessler from around the league. <laughs> I told you what was going to happen. That doesn't take away any of the pain for me. Your Browns defeated my Steelers. Talk about it. It's a rare thing. I mean, you know, I wish I could have enjoyed it more. I was actually working while it was on, mm-hmm. but I did tape it, and I plan to uh, replay it night after night in my household. Weirdo. It's a joy. Listen, this happens. Taste it on your VCR? My VCR? <laughs> Wait, you know, no, no, no. I DVR'd this thing. This is a special occasion. I, I mean, but again, it, it's, Burn it, it on a, disc. Pass it on to the kids to enjoy for when, future generations. It has an asterisk attached to it. It has you. Any Browns fan has to admit that. Big Why? Because Chaz Batch was in there? Yeah. I mean, it's, listen, we've not been able to beat Big Ben outside of a bizarre weather game in 2009 when... I'm not sure what was happening in that game, but you don't beat Big Ben. It's it isn't the same thing. 
You know what? By the way, you're such an erudite guy. I I always feel, and yet uh, say the word you just said. What what uh, is next to the win? What's what's next to it? An aster what an you, asterisk. An asterisk. All right, you got it better there. First time you didn't say it right. Did I say asterisk? Something like Wait, that. Wait, why well, why are you guys doing? That? I noticed this too when I, I was following along with your picks because everybody here does picks and mine this week were absolutely brutal. And I got the Browns game. Well, but right. how about quickly but, check to the future though? Rank our our uh, segment that you can track down at NFL.com. We very nearly called. I was ready. I had it in fact written into the Twitter to tweet out like nobody on the face of the earth picked both the Ravens and the Steelers to lose this week except for me and Rank. And unfortunately, North Turner got in the way of us doing that. But we we did call the Ravens were going to lose at San Diego. The Steelers were going to lose at the Browns. That would have been a pretty nice That's one to pull something off. something, too. I feel it's more – we technically we lost. But it's more impressive – I want to count it, though. It's more impressive that we are absolutely right about the way the Ravens were going to play compared to the people who picked the Ravens to win but predicted them to win by 40 points. That Those people, who was pretty much everybody, they were wrong. Even right. though they're technically I think we're right. right. Yeah, we, you talk about an asterisk. We deserve, you know, yes. Nor- Norv buys us an extra point or two, right? So really, yes. the Chargers, we, we were right on that call. Anyway, now, back to what you were saying there, Sessler. No, I just, I mean, it's hard for me to look at it as a, as a genuine win over the Steelers, but I will take it because that's where I'm at as a fan at this point. But that's what we were just talking about, uh, fellas, and uh, your Jets there, Hanzoos. Ugly stuff going on there. Even Fireman Ed is jumping off the wagon. That, that That's <laughs> pretty it, – it's bleak. But I get you want to beat the Steelers. They're the bully who kicks you around year after year. But on the other hand, at this point in the year when when all hope is lost for the playoffs, don't you now want them to lose out? Shouldn't you – shouldn't you reasonably – I know the heart wants what it wants and you, like to see, you don't like to see your team get kicked in the teeth. But isn't it better now to just lose out? I think if like an Andrew Luck – we're sitting out there, or an RG three. It's a kind of weak draft class, and you know what? Until that mentality they were last changes, year when you were losing. Well, I mean, I, I just want to see Cleveland actually win some games for once. The mentality's got to change. Hanzus, how say you? I just think that for me, when the Jets are in contention and they lose, it really like ruins my day. At this point, the stakes are so much lower mm-hmm. now that it's just they lose and whatever. If they win, <laughs> oh, that's cool. I assume they're going to lose most of their games, and it doesn't bother me as much, and it's going to actually work out for them in April, so whatever. Welcome Let, to my world. Before we get to the blacklist. But, Dave, I would say that, and you haven't really experienced this much in your life, if the Steelers were horrifically bad going for the number one spot, you would still want them to go 2-14. and 14. You would want them to beat the Ravens. Both times, or one of those teams, I suppose. D- depending on the team, I guess like so. I get that. I get that. <laughs> but uh, you know, as far as the Steelers go, let me say this: a lot of Steeler fans are are upset. Charlie Batch, oh he's so oh he's so terrible, and they should have beaten the Ravens. Yes, those were bad losses, but those were with a broken rib backup, and then the backups backup. You can't be too upset about that as a Steeler fan. You can't be stunned that they lost to the Browns um, or or the Ravens. The thing you should look back on and be upset about is losing at Oakland and at Tennessee. That's what when you leave yourself no wiggle room, you're going to have injuries every year. When you don't, when you lose games, you shouldn't be losing. You have no business losing. Those are the ones that haunt them. Really, if you look at it, even if they win one of those, they're seven and four going to Baltimore with the chance to take over the division lead right now. Anyway, um, all right, and uh, Hanzus. All I can say is, I mean, was there? I mean, has there? Have we ever had a play? I'm trying to think. When the Buccaneers were bad, 
back in the 70s, the play you still see when they refer to the 0-14 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you always see the field goal kicker chasing the ball and trying to kick it when it's rolling behind him and he tries to kick it away off the field and he whiffs it. That's that play you always see. Um, I'm trying to think of those iconic kind of ugly plays. I mean, Sanchez running into the butt of his offensive lineman and fumbling. That's that's that, it, right? Yeah, that's in his reel going forward. No, that's it for <laughs> the know? Jets. That's yeah. this era. That's, that's the, the Jets, whole yeah. thing. I mean, I think you wash. I think you got to wash your hands of the whole thing. I think Tannenbaum. I think Rex Ryan. I think you say 53 players all new next year. I mean, you can't after that. You don't come back from that. Yeah, you do. It's not. It's not. You know. It's not. Blow up the whole operation based off oh, one horrible be. night. That was but, bad. He ran into the butt oh, of no, his Sanchez, own guy. Let's. It's time to move on from Sanchez. I don't know if they even can, given the the um, salary ramifications. But you know, the GM, the quarterback, give Rex one more shot at this, and let's get back to work. They got a lot of work to do, though. All right, black tie. It's time for your beloved blacklist. What's up, guys? Hello, Black Tie. How are Hi. we? Doing good. How was your thing? Oh, mine was uh, mine was just fine. How about yours? It was all right. I was in Atlanta for the for the oh, weekend. Good time. Nice. Look at that. Good for you. I didn't ask <laughs> any of you how your uh, how your Thanksgivings were, but you know what, Black Tie. Instead of that. <laughs> Start the blacklist, why don't you? Right, Tell what, do what's, what's up? First up, because of Thanksgiving, I, I didn't have a chance to get to this last week. But it's uh, only well, during no, the season. Yeah, yes. I know. I'm you were, sure you it was, was a surprise. You were on holiday. No, yeah. no wonder. <laughs> but uh, in soccer, you know, the world's most famous sport. Ugh. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, a Swedish striker, scored a wonderful goal against England. Hanks, England, in a friendly last week. It was an overhead kick from about 40 yards out. It Terrific. was beautiful. It was <laughs> great, lovely. Great. What are you it talking was, about? It was... It Wait, was... this is your soccer question? My LA Galaxy are playing for the title uh, this week. Now weekend. the wheels are off. Just get to it. I'm talking about real soccer here, Adam Rank. Not we got David Beckham. Sessler, Hansus, right. and I are trying to... Ra- right. are, are trying from to... That- Pick each other up. We're having right. a uh, a uh, you know beaten football fans uh, survivors group here. Please, let's go. Right, my question is though, what is the best touchdown you guys have ever seen? Real quick, each one of you. Best touchdown. Uh, At- Zabransky on the hook and ladder in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma. Oh, pretty good. The Boise State one, huh? Yes. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, you know what? If I'm removing myself from, you know, where my emotions were on it, I, I, uh, the hook and ladder reminds me. I think the most exciting thing, or this is re- relatively early in my football watching, when the Dolphins played the Chargers in 1982 in what I say is the best uh, pro football game I've ever seen, um, the one that went to overtime and Uwe von Schaman missed two field goals, one got blocked, and uh, Rolf Benerska. Well, listen, look at those names. Uwe von Schaman versus Rolf <laughs> Benerska. Um, the, but uh, the hook and ladder at the end of uh, the first half, Don Strzok to Duriel Harris. Duriel Harris catches it and in one motion pitches it out to Tony Nathan who walks in. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Hansus, how say you? Um, I like to factor in the stakes and, you know, this, this touchdown, where it happened in the game, what the final score was, what the stage was. James Harrison in the Super Bowl, mm. pick six of Kurt Warner, you know, uh, taking it. What was it? Ninety, hundred yards. I got me caught it at the goal yeah, line. Yeah, as as the ha- as the half ended, they ended up winning. You know, by you know less than seven points. I mean, 
what an incredible play. Well, if we're talking Steelers, then I go, obviously, I go San Antonio Holmes in that same Super Bowl. The Harrison one would be in the mix somewhere. My favorite one, though, of that playoff run, I was in Heinz Field for it, was Troy Polamalu, five minutes to go in a tight affair. You thought this is going to be a t- uh, Joe Flacco, the rookie, is going to take him down the field with five minutes to go, and they're going to, the Ravens are going to beat the Steelers here. Instead, Troy Polamalu picks it up, picks it off, and goes, you think, oh, we're going to survive. And then he's running, he, he might go in, he might go in bedlam in the joint that night <laughs> bedlam in that joint and uh Sessler, how say you my favorite is 1988 week 16 when there were just 16 weeks in the season mm-hmm. utter snowfall in cleveland don strock age what 40 something at that point works the cleveland browns back from like a 21 point deficit to the warren moon and the oilers and hits uh webster slaughter on a last second touchdown to beat that team in a, you can't even see the play. The snow is falling so thick on the NBC cameras. Loved it. Another game that I play over in my house over and over. Is that one? Is that the year that they went back to back? Back to back. That they, so that, so that Cleveland then gets into the playoffs and they play the Oilers and Browns played again the following week. Yeah, right? and they lost the following week and Glanville called Cleveland a rat hole and it didn't go well. On it. it was Christmas Eve day that 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 game old happened. AFC Central those showdowns Weish and Chaz Noll and uh, yeah all the and Jerry Glanville Fantastic. those were heady days. And if I'm not uh, mistaken, Mike Rogier was your best. Back then, right? I well, mean, was the Oilers' best? He back, was. He say. was Houston, so, and especially in that game, they had others. But that was when he former was former Heisman Trophy winner. Went to the USFL, and at the tail end of his professional career, yeah. uh, broke through a little bit. All right, Black Tie. What's next? All good choices. Uh, you guys forgot Marshawn Lynch's uh, earthquake in now. Overrated. Yeah. I, that was that was more that Didn't was more forget. horrendous tackling than it was Marshawn Come Lynch. Come on, be serious. Uh, Lynch is hard to tackle, but I got to go with Brady Crunk. <laughs> I am football from Purdue about two months ago. This was viral all over the place. He threw a behind-the-back pass from like 30 yards out for a touchdown. It was pretty impressive. Best touchdown I've ever seen. Wyoming had a pretty good one at the end of the half against San Diego State this weekend. No one cares about Wyoming and San Diego <laughs> State, Rank. I tell you that all the time. No one cares about those t- about whatever level of football that is. What is it? What do they call that? Division San Diego State's in the Big East. 4A or whatever it is. Uh, let's, I don't get, know. let's go right, on to the next one. They're in the all same right, guys, conference as Pitt, right? <laughs> a lot of overtime games lately in all of American sports. I've declared this the year of the overtime. So with that in oh. mind, yes, totally declared it. It's the truth. With I'll that look for mind, that uh, on all the news wires later today. <laughs> Has the NFL finally gotten its overtime system correct? Well, we've talked about this. I don't love this because, okay, honestly, I'm not a stupid person. I'm not a genius, but I really am a little bit confused about how it works. I'm not – I don't know how to react. At least I didn't love the old system, but I do have to pause for a second. Last year, watching in January, Tim Tebow in uh, Mile High beat the Steelers. As Demarius Thomas is running down the field, and I think, oh, he might go in. Oh, he's in the end zone. Wow, now the Steelers are going to need to score a touchdown to keep this overtime going. And then I realize, oh, the game's over? It was so oddly anticlimactic. Like, oh, the season's over now. I, I don't get the rules. And now I see the score sometimes if you're on your cell phone looking at the score. Oh, they're up 3 nothing, but the game, I mean, they're, they're up 3 Oh, but the game's not over yet. It's a little confusing, I have to say. You and Jim Schwartz had sit down and read the rule book at some point. Yeah, maybe. We'll I don't know. It's a little confusing down. for me. I don't love I think, you know, why can't they just play a full quarter? Why can't they just play 15 minutes and and if it ends tied at that point then it's over. 
Eh, I What's think the difference? College, Why can't they do it that way? College has given us the well, best overtime. And if, he, it, if it's too close for if you if you don't want to start at the twenty five because it's too easy for NFL kickers, too gimmicky. Put it at the forty. Too gimmicky. That's the same as penalty kicks or or uh, penalty shots in hockey or anything. I mean, what's the, it's weird. Like all of a sudden, we're, we're, there's right. no clock. Though the, the, the game revolves around the clock to some degree. Suddenly, you're just saying, yeah, turn the clocks off and put the ball at the twenty. Why? It's all football's field position and all that sort of thing. This is I, I find it too hokey. Yeah, I think the college game is wacky. But the only thing I want, I think it's better now than the sudden death. But let's get rid of ties. I'm a man of symmetry. I don't like the fact that the Niners now are, you know, 8-2-1 and one and, you know, the Rams. You know, let's just have the game settled. You know, no ties. Disagree. Disagree with that. Practically, you can't have a game go into, what if it went seven quarters and it was week 10? That would really debilitate <laughs> both teams going forward. But besides that, I don't mind the tie so much. If that's what, if you play to an honest tie in five quarters, that's why I say add 15 minutes, period. Sessler. Well, and ties are so rare that I don't think it's a chronic issue. What I miss is the, uh, the coin toss in overtime meaning so much, and mm. it'd be such a fateful decision. Uh, but I, I kind of agree with Dan, man of symmetry, that uh, – you know, I want to see some finality. I think both teams have a chance in overtime versus in the playoffs, one team not even getting the ball. Hmm. I like it. All right. Well, listen, fellas, I I say it again. I've said it before. Rank has never listened to one second of the debate club. I love it. We'll look forward to hearing it in the second episode this week, episode number 110. Be on the lookout for that at the Dave Damashek football program, and you will hear the Around the League boys at Dan Hanzoos and at Mark Sessler, spelled with a C, Mark Sessler, NFL, a.k.a. that's why we call him Mr. Fancy Pants. We'll look forward to, to seeing that, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing the Browns, I guess, in Pittsburgh at the end of the season. Who knows if either one will be playing for anything by that point. We'll talk about it then. But we'll look forward to hearing you in the debate club. Hey, Rank, how about yes, you? Sir. You love to give homework to people on the show. How about my homework for you? Why don't you listen to one debate club? You sit I across, love, you sit across the, from these guys. You sit next to them down in the I, newsroom. I, I, don't I you feel some? Don't you feel bad on a – forget professional. Uh, how fun about on a personal fun. level? Don't you feel like you should listen to what they fun do? Fun is fun, but I don't miss an episode of the debate club. <laughs> now, now you're just lying. <laughs> Why do you like to lie? What's fun about lying? I don't know. Why do you have to paint? We're gonna drop. We're gonna drop a code word into the end of our next podcast, and we'll know if you listen because you'll let us know. It's good. They do. They they do ten, fifteen minutes on the state of uh, football, just like they do on around the league, and just like they do on around the league, they do it with a touch of mirth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Now scram, beat it. You're not gonna get to hear Black Tie shout out. I'm afraid. Uh, Oh no. All right, off they go. There they go. Now rank. We could have kept them around. Black Tie. I hope you have your your shout out ready to go here. Do you have one here? Awesome shout out this week. You have a shout out ready to go. All right. I do. I can't I, wait to hear what Han, Dan wrote for you. Hanzus and Sessler. Yes. They like being around for the shout out, but I cleared it out here, Rank, so that you could address directly. What is it? What's the story here? Why? Why can't you listen to the debate club? No, but it's. I don't understand. See, that is the question. Mm-hmm. We have the debate club, but the Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids has been nowhere for, to be seen for the last five months. <laughs> Whose fault is that? 
It, that's what I'm, I'm asking the programming director right here to my immediate left. You're welcome to do the debate, to do the uh, Adam Rank Gridiron podcast for kids anytime you please, fella. Please make one whenever you want. That's like that's like Jeff Kemp asking, "Why is Dieter Brock replacing?" Oh me? snap! <laughs> Damashek back on track. But what is it Jeff- was getting to be a runaway with our Dieter Brock, uh, uh, the Dieter Brock drops. But Damashek's back in the ball game here. Yes. Um, we tried to do it at least one an episode here but um yeah listen why can't you do it yourself okay it's like, look well, jeff camp gonna... really jeff camp can really only look at the man in the mirror wait why am i being replaced by dieter brock because i don't know because you're not getting it done well, you want to get... get it done get it done who's going to be top build because that's going to be a, a sticking point well i think it's pretty much in the name there it's a you're a no, star it goes, goes damashek obviously and then Oh, if, if if on the same episode, I yes. see. If it was, if the main show was the Dave Damashek football program, right. and then on this episode we have, uh, you know, Adam Rank's Gridiron podcast, and we have the Debate Club. Right. Which one will be billed it's first? Like when you when you look right. at that famed marquee of the Sands Hotel, it goes right. Sinatra, Dean Martin, and down, down, down. Right. So. So the Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids clearly takes the the Dean Martin. Thing. I listen. I like I've said before. I'd love for for uh, for that to happen. Let's get the uh, the Gridiron Podcast for Kids back. Black tie. Let's wrap it up today. We have a good show coming up for you. Episode number one ten, along with the uh, Around the League Debate Club. We're going to be talking with Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, tight end, Mercedes Lewis, a delightful fella. Delightful. I met him last year. We'll talk with him about UCLA football. We'll talk to him about what it's like to be on a 2-9 and nine football team, where your head's at, all that kind of stuff. But Black Tie, wrap up 109 for us with your beloved, your world-famous now, shout-out. World-famous indeed. A matter of fact, I actually brought up Hank this week because I wanted him to be on this one. Oh, so. Handsome Hank uh, has made an appearance here in Studio yep, 66. So Hello, Handsome. How are you? Morning, Dave. I'm very well indeed. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. And uh, and uh, we'll get we'll, we'll look forward to talking with you later in the week, if that's all right. But uh, I guess Black Tie wanted you in to hear this shout-out. Yep. So. And this all stems from uh, Hank's actually uh, slacking, actually, because he Uh-oh. asked him for the- a gift what? specifically. When he went to London once, and he never actually came through. So He's been a couple got, of times, I think. Black Tie got this got mail from Middlesex, England, from Math Clothier, and it's addressed to Black Tie, the Day Damage Football Program, and it goes, Dear Black Tie, subject being re-shout-out. How about a shout-out to people who deal with end-user queries and IT support? If things work, you get no thanks. If things don't, you get nothing but grief. I've enclosed some Maltesers, Maltesers being awesome candy from England, which Hank was supposed to bring back for me, but he never did, to sweeten the deal. Thanks, Matt. This is what I envisioned when I started doing shout-outs. For those guys who You're getting those free jobs, stuff? Well, that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. And guys, working those jobs is just tough, And but they listen to the podcast, and they would, you know, love to be recognized. So shout-out to IT guys, Matt Clothier especially. And Maltesers are awesome. I appreciate it. Maltesers. So, and, so, and so, you, the, so the ranks of people who have written shout-outs for Black Tie has now grown again. Right. Because technically, Matt did write that for you. But Dan Hansus, the difference is Hansus didn't didn't provide candy for him. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, otherwise Black Tie. TV, by the way, just heads up. <laughs> 
Well, all right, Bly. So, so the long and short of it is, was this, this was a, what I will declare a failed attempt to humiliate handsome Hank for not bringing you back Maltesers from across. Actually, you know what? And the truth is I did bring Maltesers back, but I ate them before I gave them. Ah, and by the way, how dare you besmirch the good name of Handsome Hank? Handsome Hank brought us back those delicious crisps of all flavors, and <laughs> which it ain't off of me. He any. made he made the <laughs> treacle tart none. last week. You brought us a Seven Eleven meat pie for our great pie off before here's, Thanksgiving. Here's hey. what should happen: those Maltesers need to come in here. We all try one. You get I, your hand them out. I actually uh-huh. brought it up here, and it's here to try. If you guys want it, bring in a Malteser. What is it? It's a malt it's, ball? It's the original version of what Americans call whoppers. It's like those little malt. Whoppers. Give me, give me yeah. one. I'll, I'll eat it while I'm Isn't listening that weird? to the debate I've never, club. I, it's never occurred to me that there is a whopper, which is a burger, and a whopper that is a candy. I've never thought of that. Isn't that strange? wonder who came up with that. wonder which was first, because whoever was second should be ashamed of themselves. There are a lot of words. You could have done anything. Called it a whipper. Called it no. a whopper. Let's Why did the Whopper, who stole from whom? I want an answer to this. I want names. I only need one at yes. most. I, I, I don't think I'm going to like these. I okay. think you will. A Malteser slash Whopper. <laughs> Damashek stands corrected. Delicious. That's kind of nice. What is in there? What's that crunchy thing? Honeycomb. Mm. I always thought all these years, that's not what I expected. And it's better than I thought. I'm learning a lot. I try. When we do the date, when when Commissioner Goodell called me on the telephone a year and a half ago, and he said, Dave, I have an important task for you. I want you to help football fans across America with your voice. Lend voice to our great sport. Teach people. Help them. Fill in some blanks for them. Little did I know at the time that the one who would be doing the most learning of all, the man in the mirror. Hmm. Powerful. All right, listen. So that's the end of episode 109. Coming back with another one for you later in the week. I'll do my... On Thursday this week, actually. Thursday this week? Okay, I'll do my 60-second picks, which have been going gangbusters, like I said earlier. I'm really doing quite well. America should be ashamed of itself that it takes me 60 seconds or less to make all my picks for the NFL, and I'm doing better than virtually every last one of you out there. Um, So we'll do that. We'll talk to Mercedes Lewis, ATL Debate Club. So on and so forth. And uh, and with that being said, thanks so much. What, Rank? Oh, real quick. The Whopper from Burger King yeah. was introduced in 1957. Uh-huh. Whopper's candy bar by the Hershey Company, 1939. Whoa! Burger King! Shame! Taste the blaster! How say you fish tank? I'm getting them all in. I'm getting them all. Oh, the, the fish tank appreciates the shout-out. All right. So... We'll be back with episode 110 later in the week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. 
The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.